Hi, Pastor Mike Fabara is here. In August 2024, you're invited to join me on a seven-day cruise to Alaska. Delve into God's Word while taking in the rugged beauty of the Alaskan coast. Visit focalpointministries.org slash Alaska. Today on Focal Point with Pastor Mike Fabares. Talking about divine appointments. He says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, right? which the Father has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. There is a set of assignments that you have this year, this month, and even this week. He's prepared those good works for you. One of the best works of all is sharing the message of reconciliation. God has given us unique opportunities to share the gospel, but we miss these divine appointments when we are unwilling to engage people in conversations about Christ. Today on Focal Point, Pastor Mike Fabares challenges us to stop making excuses and start sharing the gospel. You'll find out more as we return to the book of Acts, chapter 8, verse 26, where Philip is called away to meet up with an Ethiopian. I'm Dave Drury. And now here's Pastor Mike with part three of a message called Showing Up for Divine Appointments. The message that comes from God, the angel of the Lord says to Philip, rise and go south toward the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. Verse 27, he rose and went, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot and reading the prophet Isaiah. Again, I just want to talk about the fact that this is a divine appointment, which we can only see in the rearview mirror of our week or our month or our year. Hey, God put me in touch with this person. Look how that worked out. God had prepped him. Now I came as the sower with the seed, and I was able to bring the message to that person. And you don't always see that. And again, I just want to emphasize, it's not what Philip wanted to do that afternoon is go to a desert road that goes somewhere where he wasn't going. But God put him there. And as humbling as it may be, I just want you to see the Christian life, at least in part, as God the chess master moving pieces around on the chessboard to say, okay, I need you here. I need you in this conversation. I need you to engage with those people. I need you in this office here because I need you as a light and a a, a mouthpiece for the truth. And you just need to say, okay, I just need to be willing like Philip, where I may have other plans for my day, but I'm going to go and be utilized today in this situation to sit in a chariot going south when I'd really like to go north. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do what you asked me to do. I had plans, but I'm going to let those plans be redirected. Now that's a commitment that I know that we have to make. Number one, committed to sharing the gospel. Number two, I need to be ready to be redirected. I need to say, I hold all my plans loosely. The schedules that I've made for this week, I plan on doing this. I plan on going to this doctor's office for this appointment, and I should be done by two o'clock, and I'll be back in time for this. Well, maybe you won't be back in time for that. Maybe God will engage you in a divine appointment where someone has been prepped, and you need to have a two-hour conversation, and you won't be home until four. Are you ready to say, that's the way I live my life? Can you just at least say today, I mean, you're setting yourself up for success with the next opportunity and divine appointment that you have, just to say, number one, I'm committed to sharing the gospel. I'm committed to it. Didn't ask you to share it. I'm just saying, are you committed to share? Are you resolved to sharing it? 
And then number two, if God wants to redirect my schedule this week, I will redirect my schedule. If God sovereignly sets something up, I will, I will change my schedule. I will make sure that I do whatever it is God wants me to do with someone regarding the gospel, and I'm willing to have my day messed up. Even if I would rather be somewhere else or had somewhere else to go or had something else to do, I will say what ultimately my schedule is to do the will of him who, what's the word? Sent me. God has prepared people in your world this week. There are people appointed to eternal life in this city, in this county, in your office building, in your neighborhood. God is prepping them. But you got to get from there, wherever you would be, in your recliner, in your office, working on whatever, and getting you to a place where you're going to have the conversation. Be ready to be redirected. It may be that in your life, God redirects a few lunch appointments this week, but he may also direct something much bigger than that. It may be that you're up right now for some kind of promotion in your job, and if that thing happens, it will be, you know, curtailing the effectiveness you could have had over here, and you were starting to see happen over here, and you would be someone that would be more effective in the evangelism of your life, and you have to say, you know what, doesn't make sense maybe to some of my family members, doesn't make any sense to my colleagues, but I'm going to say no to this because I know God's redirecting me over here because my resolve to share the gospel is going to be curtailed if I take that job. If I take that promotion, maybe some of you are saying, I need to leave this job altogether and I need to work in this job because this is going to give me more opportunities to engage with people and the gospel. And you just need to say, I'm willing to be redirected. And I need to stand here just as a pastor and say to you, aren't you committed to that? If, if Christ made it clear that you should be in some other line of work, would you be willing to do it? I'm not just talking about being a, a, a professional preacher or something. I'm just saying, if God wants you to go somewhere, I mean, that's the ADAPAT attitude we talk about around here. That's our acronym, ADAPAT right? Anything, any place, any time. Well, the topic on the table for the thing is the gospel. Anything. Okay, the gospel. Am I willing to share the gospel? Am I willing to do it any place and at any time? How about the place, the environment? Is there some thing God wants to change about that? By the way, they're on the Sea of Galilee. Where does God want Peter to be? Well, he's going to be the pastor of a, the first megachurch, right, in Jerusalem. He's going to be preaching on the big open expanse of the Temple Mount. He's going to be leading and coordinating and organizing even how the, the Hellenistic Jews have their uh, widows fed and served with their daily food. He's going to be a pastor, administrating and preaching and leading. And where? In Jerusalem. Where's that? Four days journey from where he's at. So you need to change your zip code, Peter. As a matter of fact, and when he gets to Jerusalem, remember that's not where his family's from, it's not where his mother-in-law lives, it's not where he's from, it's not his hometown, not, people don't sound like him there. And even in the beginning of Acts, chapter 1, verse 4, he says to Peter and the gang, stay in Jerusalem. Don't leave Jerusalem. Not until these things happen. Stay here. Even that, I'm thinking, oh, I just like to go home. I'd like to have my home-cooked food. I'd like to have my friends. I'd like to get back to work. No, stay here. Talk about God redirecting. He may redirect not only your schedule and redirect some things about your life and your job. He may redirect where you live. I'm not talking about you just going on the next church plant so you can get a bigger house or more square footage. I'm just talking about you saying, if God calls me to a place where it is going to be useful for greater engagement with people for the sake of the gospel, am I willing to say I'm not married to the zip code? God can call you somewhere to make disciples, and you just need to say I'm willing to do it. And by the way, it works inversely too. When all your close friends go to our next church plant or our last church plant, and God's having you stay here because your effectiveness for the gospel is critical in the particular environment that he set you, you need to be willing to say, I'm willing to stay. I'm willing to go wherever God wants me to go. We need to be willing to have our lives redirected.
And Philip is a great example of that. He went to Samaria. God wanted him to go to Samaria. Right? He went to this desert highway. God wanted him to go to the desert highway. God had a plan for him. Easy to see in retrospect. Hard to see sometimes ahead of time. But our commitment to the gospel and our flexibility in our lives makes us the kind of people that aren't going to miss our divine appointments to be effective in God's hand for the advancement of the gospel. Back to our text. One more verse, verse 29. And the Spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. And you can look at verse 30. So Philip ran to him and heard that he was reading Isaiah, and on the story goes. And the Spirit said to Philip, I know this, God's commitment to this gospel task, to the advancement of the gospel in our world, is always going to put you in a place where you're engaging with people. I don't think the monastic movement or the desert fathers or things that may happen great in isolation is anything that we can derive from Scripture as a long-term commitment of your life that I just want to go in a cabin somewhere, you know, and and be Ted Kaczynski and and not be around anyone. I don't think that is, well, certainly not Ted Kaczynski, Um, but isolated. God's commands in moving you on the chessboard is always to engage, just like a chess player. The chess master wants to engage with different people. That's the goal. So let's just start with that, and then we can kind of grapple real quickly with, and the Spirit said to Philip, because it'd be great if I knew exactly where he wanted me to be. And I'm listening, right? Just Your servant hears, right? It would be like Samuel. I'd just like you to tell me. But let's just start with this. I know wherever the next move is going to be in your life, it's going to be because God wants you to engage with people. And sometimes it's easier not to engage with people. I don't want to talk to more non-Christians. I don't want to to have that. If I can just go to some Christian enclave and join the monastery, that would be more comfortable. Number three, I just want you to be obedient. He's here going to someone who does not look like him, not from his background. Philip is called to engage with a person, and it's going to be a stretch for him to sit in a chariot with an Ethiopian eunuch. It's going to be hard. Number three, you've got to be obedient to engage people. So I know God is going to do things in your life, maybe staying right where you're at, but he wants you to engage with people. Now, how do I know? Okay, so if this can, just for a minute, if you'd give me a little pastoral latitude here to have a little mini sermon within a sermon, I've got to step out of this text and at least say, how do I deal with that line, right? The Spirit said to Philip. How do I know what the Spirit says about me. I know that these principles you're giving me are, are biblical. I should, be, I should be committed to the gospel. I have to be flexible about my plans. And, and I certainly should be willing to engage with the people of this world to be a light and to be salt and to give them the message of reconciliation. But how do I know the specific of where and when? Four quick things. Number one, letter A. You need to know that the Spirit wrote a book. Let's just start with that. And I know it's being redundant here because everything I've said has come from the book, but let's just talk about that. I know that when it comes to what the Spirit wants you to do, I mean, the principles that are derived from the narratives and the didactic sections of Scripture and the parables of the Bible, these are the things that God would want you to do. And the Spirit wrote a book, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. The Spirit moved these writers along, these prophets along, and the result is you've got God's word right there. And as some have humorously said, right, if you want to hear the audible voice of God, just read the Bible out loud. Right? And, and that will work. Right? You'll be able to read that it says, make disciples of all the nations. And you can just turn that around and go, okay, if this applies to me uh, as a disciple of Christ, I need to make disciples of all the nations. So we can get the basics at least, which doesn't really help me with the specificity of go into that chariot, but let's just start with that. I know that the Spirit of God has written a book, and in that book, he's got information, and that information is what the Spirit says to me. 
That's the start. Number two, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 16 real quick. Give you three more. That was letter A. Here's letter B. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Let's get a little of the context here. Let's start in verse 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. I will visit you after passing through Macedonia. So he's talking to the Corinthians, and here's his plan. As the ESV title there, which is not God-breathed, it's just helping us understand the paragraphs. I'm going to visit you right after I pass through Macedonia. For I intend to pass through Macedonia, and perhaps I will stay with you or even spend the winter there so that you may help me on my journey wherever I go. I do not want to see you now, just in passing. I hope to spend some time with you. Now, underline this, if the Lord permits. So he's seeing divine direction here, and he's saying, well, I got, I'm planning on that, but just like we've said, he's, he's holding his plans loosely. Why are you not coming now? Here's why. Verse 8. But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, the Feast of Pentecost, the annual festival, for, here's why, a wide door for effective work has opened to me. So put that together with verse seven, the Lord permitting, Lord not permitting, it looks like here he's blaming this on God that there is a wide door for effective work. Now what's his concern? Well, the ultimate resolve of his life is, I wanna make sure that I share the gospel. And I know right now, here is a circumstance, a door has opened circumstantially, it's an analogy, where I see that God is directing me to stay here. So number one, the Holy Spirit speaks through his book, right? That's the book he wrote the Bible. Number two, Holy Spirit speaks through circumstances. The divine direction of God is sometimes the circumstantial opening of doors, which is an analogy to say sometimes the circumstances just stare you in the face, and it's like, here is the Spirit of God working in that circumstance, which, by the way, a lot of modern evangelical American Christians think, well, then that means it's going to be just smooth sailing, baby. It's like a red carpet. I know it's the Lord's will because it's convenient and comfortable. Okay, look at the rest of the verse that I didn't read. And there are many adversaries. There's a wide door for effective work that's open to me, but there are many adversaries. Now think about that. That doesn't mean it's easy, but it means circumstantially, it seems like this is going to maximize my effect for the Lord. And so I think the circumstance of opportunity is here. And I'm going to say it might be God speaking through that circumstance. And therefore, I've got to say, even though it may be hard, I know the door is open. And I know the pieces are falling into place, even though there's a lot to, to step over, right? The door's open, but in the threshold, there's a lot of hurdles. Go with me to 2 Corinthians, not too far, 2 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 16, now we're at 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I want to put an addendum on that because not every open door is the Holy Spirit's green light. Verse 12. 2 Corinthians 2.12, when I came to Troas to preach the gospel, that sounds good, that's in line with his resolve to share the gospel. Even though, even though, even though a door was open for me and the Lord, okay, well, there's a sense of circumstance. Looks like the Lord is opening that door. Mm, my spirit was not at rest. I did not find my brother Titus there, so I took leave of them and I went on to Macedonia. Oh, so you messed up the whole gospel commitment you had. No, 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 no. Verse 14, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. There was the will of God in that. And through us, he spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. I didn't go where I thought I was going to go, and I didn't stay where I thought I was going to stay. God did not give me rest in my spirit. Now, some of you have a theological background where you don't want to open the door at all to that subjective what feeling part. 
But if you've been through Partners, our discipleship program, you'll see in that chapter on the leading of the Spirit, there's no way to get around these passages that say there is something about God's Spirit testifying with my Spirit. There's some connection there. We have to at some point say, God is working in the rest or non-rest of my Spirit. So I recognize this. Never is God's Spirit going to lead me to something that is in violation to his book that he wrote. Same person that wrote the book, same person trying to direct me. But... I realize this, sometimes he's opening opportunities circumstantially and I say, look, it looks like the Lord is opening a door for me. This is the spirit of God. But then I realize this, I, number three, if you want to put it this way, letter C, I know the spirit sometimes going to speak and prompt and convict me through the things that I feel, the rest in my spirit. But even with that, I got to be super careful. Matter of fact, you're in 2 Corinthians, turn to chapter seven, verse number five. He's talking about this open door and he's talking about the will of God. And we're talking about rest in our spirit. We'll look at verse five. Even when we were in Macedonia, this is 2 Corinthians 7, 5, our bodies had no rest. Some of us think that rest means it's like in my, in my whole of life, I need to feel so good. I feel so great about that decision to be a part of that church planning team. Doesn't mean that. You may have circumstantially led Holy Spirit circumstances and a Holy Spirit led confirmation in your spirit. And of course, it's all in line with what the Holy Spirit wrote in the book, but you could have a lot of unrest in your life, circumstances in your body. We were afflicted in every turn, fighting on the outside and even to speak to a certain part of your life, your inner life, fears within. Just like Paul knew it was the will of God and the Holy Spirit had sent him to preach the gospel, 1 Corinthians chapter two, and yet he was there with fear and trepidation. So you got to be super nuanced in this whole discussion about the fact that it just because there's an open door, it's in line with the principles of God's word, and now I'm stepping into it, and there is a peace that I'm looking at that I know is provided by God's spirit, there's going to be a lot of things that may punctuate that that may seem opposite of that. It's hard. But God, who comforts the downcast, verse 6, comforted us by the coming of Titus, which was a piece of the will of God in all of this, as we learned earlier in chapter 2. Holy Spirit wrote a book. It's going to help you know whether or not you should be in that chariot with that Ethiopian chair in the gospel. He works in circumstances. The guy's asking you questions about the Bible. I think that's probably the Spirit opening a door. You're going to have some peace about the fact, I think this is what the Spirit wants me to do. Number four, we'll go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let me give you one last one here. I know we always think about spirit, temple, body, we think about those things in terms of my individual relationship with God. And in 1 Corinthians 6, we talk about that as it relates to sin in our lives. You ought to know that the Spirit of God dwells in you and your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. But in this passage, it's about the church at large. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. 316. Do you not know that you are God's temple? Let me read that the way it ought to be read. Do y'all know that you're all God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in y'all? Okay, I'm not trying to be cute. I'm just trying to show you the difference between a second person singular pronoun and a second person plural pronoun. And the point here is God's spirit dwells in the church, in the body of Christ, in us. So I know this, that there's something about the synergy. There's something about the sharpening. There's something about the stirring one another on to love and good deeds that are in the will of God that I'm not just gonna sit there and go, Bible says, circumstances say, and now my spirit feels like it's at, at, at the kind of rest that we're talking about. I'm not going to check in with anyone else. 
right? The Spirit of God works in his church, in the counsel of his people, right? And we see that all throughout the scripture. There is a need for us to check in with others. Even in our passage, we see that the conversion of the Samaritans was ratified by other people. In this case, to put it this way, outranking people in the body of Christ that say, yes, this is right. So all I'm telling you is, if you want to know whether the Spirit has you involved in that church plant, the changing of your job, the not taking of that promotion, and maybe, depending on the circumstances, even whether you should take that lunch appointment, it's not only what the Bible says, that's the Spirit of God speaking. On top of that, it's the circumstances. Is there an open door? Number three, do you have that peace within your spirit that the Spirit is working in this and opening this door and having you step through it? And number four, are the people of God confirming that? And if so, and you know, based on the principle of engaging people with the gospel, if that's the open door, then man, that's it. Walk through it. Which, by the way, even when I say all that, if you're fighting the will of God in your life, I know you get good at telling other people why it's not the will of God for you, but I'm not going to be there on judgment day when you're standing before God. I mean, I might be there, but I'll put you in the line somewhere else. You don't have to justify it to me, ultimately. Right? You have to justify it to God, and here's the thing. We're all going to put our hand over our mouth, as Job did, and go... I got nothing to say. There's no defense lawyers with you. There's no best friends. There's no small group leaders. And go, yeah, well, I told him, you're going to have to know that I wasn't supposed to engage this person with the gospel. And I'm talking to the one who was trying to engage me or not have me engage with that person. So you got to answer to him. We quote all the time in preaching the gospel, the great lines from Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine, that we're saved by grace, not by works. A lot of people struggle with that. So we quote that passage Right, by grace through faith, it's a, not a result of our works. Verse 10, that comes on the heels of that, helps us think about the pathway of our Christian life, talking about divine appointments. He says, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, right? which the Father has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. There is a set of assignments that you have this year, this month, and even this week, He's prepared those good works for you. One of the best works of all is sharing the message of reconciliation. And the question is, are you, when you have that open door in line with the principles of God's word and in your spirit, you know, I'm supposed to speak up right now and you've got all the confirmation you need. I need you to show up for that assignment. No more missing out. It's time to show up for your assignments from God. You're listening to Focal Point with pastor and Bible teacher Mike Fabares and a message titled, Showing Up for Divine Appointments. Listen to the full-length version of this message or any of our other messages when you visit our website, focalpointradio.org. Focal Point Ministries exists to reach, teach, and train followers of Christ. And this program airs every day on more than 800 radio stations across the country and worldwide. So if you value Pastor Mike's no-nonsense teaching, then I invite you to help us share these messages with more and more people by sending in a generous donation today. We rely on God's provision through listeners just like you. When you give, you're helping us reach more people with the gospel. So please support this ministry by making a generous donation to Focal Point by calling 888-320-5885 or online, click on focalpointradio.org. And to thank you for your support this month, we'll send you a helpful resource by highly regarded apologist and evangelist Josh McDowell and author Thomas Williams called How to Know God Exists, Solid Reasons to Believe in God, Discover Truth, and Find Meaning in Your Life. 
Request a copy for yourself or for a friend when you make a generous donation to Focal Point. Call 888-320-5885 or give online at focalpointradio.org. And if you're new to this whole Christianity thing, when you get in touch today, we'll gladly send you a free gift called 100 Prophecies Fulfilled by Jesus. I think you'll be amazed to discover the 100% accuracy of Bible prophecy and learn why you can confidently put your trust in God's Word. So request your free gift when you get in touch at focalpointradio.org. Well, I'm your host, Dave Drewy, inviting you back again tomorrow to hear a new message from Pastor Mike Favarez called Knowing How the Scriptures Use Us. That's coming up Thursday, right here on Focal Point. Pastor Mike here. You know, we live in a culture where every point of view demands affirmation. It'd be easy to tell people what they want to hear, but we must teach the Bible accurately, unapologetically, and without compromising and without editing it. God's word is truth. If you want to send me a question, I encourage you to get in touch with us at focalpointradio.org. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Focal Point Ministries.